Um, yeah, no, nah, you're dope. You, uh, I heard you just was listening to this other artist's music that I want to get on the podcast, right? And I, uh, you know how like Apple Music, you play the music and it just keeps going and keeps going. And then yeah. I heard you, I was like, Oh, oh shit! Bro. That's cool. I stopped everything immediately, and I was like, oh. Oh, no. "I appreciate that for real." That's crazy. I didn't know that. Like, I didn't. There we go. Okay, this is the first. Ooh. You, you, you. All right. Yeah. Cool. So that's the first time somebody has told me like, oh, I found you through like just like an automated like shuffle type shit. For so, real? Yeah, so that's really cool. I didn't like I was like, oh shit, that's cool. Fuck it. Who's the artist that you're trying to get on the podcast? Uh that's another story. <laughs> Neither here nor there. This is another story. <laughs> um, so uh I'm ready when you are. Are you ready? All right, three, two, one. Hey, yo, welcome back to another episode of the Arts Block Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Curry III, and today we are here with somebody who I think can kind of take over and run this game that we call music and hip-hop. The one, the only, we got money on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up. Please give it up. Oh man! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be on the show, for real. Thank you. So, uh, I start every podcast asking the guests, uh, "How are you feeling today?" Um, you can give me a lot. You can give me a little. Like, how 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 are you feeling today? Um, man, listen, I feel like <laughs> I boom. To say a lot, but to say a little, I'm blessed. You know, I woke up, right. uh, you know, I'm breathing, I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm blessed. Um, and that's what I will focus on, despite everything else. That's all you can really ask for. You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> all you all you could, that's all you could do for sure. Like, And I feel like, I don't know, that's been my headspace a lot recently, I think, is really not even like going through motions or pushing through, but like, really just this aspect of like i what can i what can i look at as a positive Mm -hmm. in the day um or like in the week or whatever because i feel like i don't know focusing on negatives is always just never going to do you any good like i learned that real young so i feel like that's really where i've been at like i cool i might be in my head there might be a lot going on but what's good about all this like what's the positives and at the bare min i'm blessed so Mm -hmm. you feel me like at that that's what i can say Hold on, I had a, I have a whole list of questions right here, but those <laughs> might have to wait a little bit. So, um, <laughs> but what kind of got you to that to that state of mind? Right, it takes a lot of people, it takes a long time for people to be like, oh snap, like I just have to think about it, and I'm blessed. Like compared, like yeah. my situation could be way worse, but I'm blessed. Like, so what kind of got you to that point? Like, let me like start off by saying like I'm definitely in a place of privilege to say that. Mm. You know, I feel like that's real important to acknowledge. I feel like there's a lot of people going through a lot of certain shit in this world that it's like, yo, you really can't look at no bright side because it's like it really don't seem like there is one. Right. Um, as a person who's lived a long time of my life like that, like mm. I'm not 
you know, like, I'm not going to tell you shit because it's like, I know how that be. And I knew how people was trying to tell me, you got to look at the positives. And they sounded like bozos to me. So, you know, like, what does that mean for real? Because it's really like, what does it mean for real? But it means something different to everybody. I think that's the important thing about anything that has to do with like mental health, like self-love, like that journey of not even just loving yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. I think people rush to self-love. We got into a whole tangent so quick, but anyways. Oh, wait, oh, wait. No, no, no. Keep rushing to self-love. I think people rush into self-love without understanding that the first like foundational thing is self-understanding. And if you don't know or understand yourself, you'll never then be able to love yourself. That's a, that's a, do you have that written down? Nah, that's just off the dome, man. That's just how I speak for real. Like. (laughs) That's a bar. (laughs) Nah, but it's facts though. That's, so that's my thing. Like, I feel like. I did a lot of work to understand myself. And I feel like what I mean by I did a lot of work, I guess, again, that looks different for everybody. Like, but I did a lot of self, like self-growth and self-understanding to be able to get to a point in myself where I was like, I, there's certain things about my life and my circumstances that I can control and things that I can't. Mm. So when I look at positives, I really just look at the shit I can control. Right. You know, and that's like, if I can change it, I'll change it. If I can't, I can't. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I get into like the root bare minimum things of like, you know, I'm blessed. Like I woke up happy. I will, you know, and I grew, I grew up with a mother who wasn't like super religious, but my mm-hmm. mom, I would say like got religious in her later years of life. Right. So also like my teenage years of life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with that, like, I'm not super religious. I'm more spiritual than I say, I would say I'm religious, but right. I follow my faith enough to a point where it's like my mom also really ingrained that idea into me of like, yo, you woke up, right? Like you blessed, like for real, like you woke up, like you alive, you breathing, you could see, you could smell. Like I was like, yeah, you, she was like, you could taste, you good. Like I was like, yeah, she was like, okay, I'm not saying you don't get, she told me, she was like, I'm not saying you don't got problems. Your right. problems is going to be there, but you okay. You woke up, you good. I was like, yeah. She was like, then at bare minimum at base, you're good. And I was right. like, all right, fair enough. And I was like, when you see it like that, I feel like I could really maneuver my days and like everything else better. Man, this is probably the best way I've started a pod. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the best way I started a pod in a minute. I love it. Now you definitely gonna get like with me, bro. I talk a lot respectfully. So I feel like you're gonna get a lot with me. Oh, <laughs> as much as you want to. <laughs> oh, I love already. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be great. It's gonna be a good one. I know. <laughs> um, I want to start off right asking, like, so when you first started rapping, when you first started getting the love of music, right? A lot of people start things, and you know, sometimes you're not good when you first start out at certain tasks, right? Sometimes you have to work and work and work. But when it came to music and for you, right? Did it just like was it just something that happened? Like, oh no, I started rapping and I was like that, or was something like I like doing it, but I'm trash right now, but I'm gonna get better. Was it like one of those things? So for me, I would say, okay, so I really started like I started like made my first song type like Mm -hmm. situation, probably 2018. Mm. I really started putting music out though, like really putting projects and like anything really out like that um 2020 um and I feel like in that two-year gap like I was just playing around with shit but I wasn't really like dedicated to doing music like that right um when I started in 2018 like no I was not good like it was cool like I'll listen to it back now and it's like 
the bars was never the problem. Like my lyricism was never a problem to me for a few reasons. Me personally. One, I grew up on battle rap. Like I really like battle rap. So battle rap is so like concise with its lyricism mm. that it's like certain things are real direct and certain things are real oh wait he just and it really goes over people's heads i really like that about that's like, a that's a cultural off but who, who's your favorite who's your favorite battle rapper um i don't know if i have a favorite i have a few though that like i really liked growing mm-hmm. up and i just really like some of the like i'll go back to the highlights even now like i really like chess when he don't I love chess. When he don't choke up, bro, I really like chess. Like chess. when he choke, he really stress me out, bro. Um, I really like the enthusiasm and like like energy of Tay Rock, like a mm. lot, like, and just how he like you know. Um, my brother really liked um, Arsenal, so I grew up like Arse. watching Arsenal, like oh, like word. So you know those like just to name a few, and it's like. So that's one, but two, and more importantly, is that I'm originally a poet. Like, I've been a poet for 11 years now. Like, started, performed, won a contest, like, actually been doing this shit since, like, the sixth, seventh grade. Right. Um, and so I feel like because of that, again, lyricism was never a thing for me, a problem, I would say. I was always writing poems. And then I think for me, it was really just the idea of a flow and the idea of a cadence to a beat. I've been doing performances, doing spoken word for, you know, six, seven years before I started doing the music. So it was normal for me to get on a stage in front of 20 people, 200 people, 2000 people. Like I've done performances for people all around. But the point was that getting it to that idea of like a cadence and a flow was a little uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I grew up loving hip hop. So it wasn't like you know, uh, it was a no-brainer to me that eventually the poetry would just transcend into rap, but I still do both, and I just kind of keep them both as, like, separate crafts that are, like, both part of me, though. No, I feel you. So what made you start releasing music in the height of the pandemic? Like, that seems like a a scary move, since you can't, you couldn't really, you like, you couldn't really perform at shows, well, not couldn't really, you couldn't, period, perform at do shows or anything like that so it's it's funny because like performing I guess the music wasn't like uh, a big thought in my head when I started dropping um for me it was really just making music and dropping I feel like I had a lot of people around me who like knew I wanted to make music or like knew I had songs in the in the tuck and they was just like so what's up bro like you've been saying you're gonna drop music for a minute like I have had songs recorded for months before like the pandemic and it just shit just was not dropping I was dropping like little freestyles on IG like type shit <laughs> and you know like that was that I had like two three songs on SoundCloud like that was pretty much it right. uh, but then I dropped it August 2020 and that's when I I dropped it the day I drove back upstate for my like first day for like senior year of college mm-hmm. um I went to Syracuse University. Yeah. So I drove up there and I dropped it right before the drive because I knew I wouldn't be on my phone the whole drive. I was like, (laughs) I dropped it and that was my first thing to ever drop, like my first three pack. And I was on Mm -hmm. streaming, I was on everything. I said, cool. Um, And that was that. And I was just like, I think for me, it was just a matter of like, it was just a big step of, okay, you've been talking about dropping music for almost a year now. You have songs. Are you going to release them? And I did. I dropped a promo video. Like I did nice little baseline promo things for that project um but that was really it for me it was just a matter of I just want to drop the music I didn't really care about performing I've only really been performing my music mm-hmm. since February of this year right so I've only been performing yeah I've only wait, been performing wait, my wait, music hold on. I bet, hold on February of this year 
Well, I guess that's like when things like started opening. So I guess it's like when you just had like the chance to. But dang. So it's like all the things you've seen, like if you went through my Instagram or anything like that, like any nah, of for the sure. content, like you know, all the content you've seen from performances has been February to now. <sighs> yeah. So it's been really like, you know, pedal to the metal, old ass no breaks. Like that's what mm-hmm. I've been on really. Um, and I'm I love that. Like that's been real comforting to me i guess um in a way it kind of feeds my ego even though i don't like saying that mm-hmm. it feeds my ego not in the fact that i'm getting performances in the fact that like i'm capable again blessed oh, and right. thankful to like you know be capable to like eh, do all the things that i'm doing like all the time nah for sure um so february of 2022 you say you started both like performing your songs right and at that point um, your three, your run of EPs, Traffic, Clover, and Sinister, they were all, all out. So mm-hmm. creating a set list of those three EPs, how is that? Like, what do you do? Like, what do you it's do? so interesting even to now because it's like, I purposely dropped the three, three packs because they're all different vibes. Like, they're all different vibes from each other. And that's mm-hmm. why I dropped them like that. Um, and then I had also by the time February dropped, I had also dropped my singles, Trisha and 3M on Maryland. Yeah. So I feel like Trisha and 3M on Maryland were good ways to segue into certain things. And I really mm-hmm. like that. I feel like 3M on Maryland got me a lot of traction with people. Like that's the song that made a lot of people realize who I was like, right. oh, okay, cool. And really made them start looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like 3M on Maryland was like a no brainer to start or close my sets, um, for a while. Right. And then in the middle, I would just kind of like navigate the vibe of the event I'm doing, like the crowd, if I knew like the crowd before or didn't. Um, and sometimes I'd be like, it was really just how I'm feeling. Like if it was, for example, I did a lot of like art showcases where I knew it was a lot of different vibes. I'd make my set list a lot of different things. Like right. I'd start with like 3 a.m. and then just casually transition. But I've had certain sets where like homies have come up to me like, yo, that was like a really good placement of the songs and you know it really depends on set time set list time like sometimes i get a 10 minute set sometimes i get a 35 minute set and sometimes mm-hmm. you know you get a nice cool 2015 i right. think 2015 is a beautiful sweet spot it is you know especially for like showcases or like things with multiple people mm-hmm. because then you're like okay i'm not just here giving people one two songs but after your third song people start tapping out a little bit yeah especially if you're not keeping them in and in showcases, especially like that's just how it goes. So I think 15, 20 is a nice sweet spot because 15, you could really do three songs and just chat to the crowd in between and shit. That's make a nice 15. And it's cool. And f- with me, if anybody's ever come to an AT money show, it's certified, it's sanctioned. I'm going to start a set with an acapella. So I'll always take a few minutes just Ooh. to do a little, you know, a nice little raw acapella because that's my shit, you know, from the poetry, from the spoken word. Like, especially when it transitioned to rap, mm-hmm. I just started writing. I started writing with a flow at that point, you know, mm-hmm. and I was always doing that because of the spoken word. But now I was doing it with rap lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so when I like. So that's how I start all my sets now because that's like my OG craft. And I always shout out my my homie Dust the Problem, one of the best like rappers I met while doing this music thing, while mm-hmm. doing like, you know, all this. She inspired me to do that. Like I saw her do it once at one of at that show in February that started uh-huh. my performing career. She did her set, she started her set with acapella. 
I looked at her. I said, yo, Des, I'm going to take a page out of your book. <laughs> she said, feel free. And like, that's just how me and her work. Like, we're very big uh, inspirations, like to bounce off one another. And I credit her all the time because I'm like, yo, like I probably wouldn't have like I would have maybe, but I wouldn't have started doing that mm-hmm. had I not seen her do it and been like, yeah, bro, I'm a poet. Like, that's my thing. Like, that's why I started this. Why am I not doing that? You know? Right. Yeah. So getting deeper into the music, right? Based off of where you were then and where you are now, out of your three three packs, which yeah. one is your favorite? sinister oof yeah not traffic i thought she would be like oh traffic because you know how most artists be like oh that's my baby that's That's my baby i feel like i got over traffic very quickly because like i think i had sat on it way too long Mm. so by the time i dropped traffic like i already knew traffic like the back of my hand but i do that with all my projects i love traffic I love traffic, but it also makes me cringe a little. Like, I'll listen to it and I'll be like, wow, like, I really didn't know my own voice yet. Mm-hmm. But that's beautiful to me. Like, it's a little cringy <laughs> to me, but it's because it's me. Right. But it's beautiful because it's like, wow, like, listening to that and then listening to, like, the new stuff I have that's going to come out is like, okay, we're like, this is a person who's taken the last year or two to mm-hmm. really just, like, I guess, learn their sound a little more, um, figure that out. But that's my thing. Like, I never wanted to have a sound, like... Right. I think 3 a.m. on Maryland kind of hindered that for me because I feel like mm-hmm. then everybody associated me with this like hard, gritty New York sound. And I'm OK with that because that's mm-hmm. how I am. That's how I sound. That's pockets I'm comfortable in. Right. But I did the three packs to show people like, yo, I could give you bars. I could give you some nice little vulnerable melodies mm-hmm. and I could give you some eerie, like leaning on rock rap type shit. Yeah. And you could get, you know, the little drill essence with Trisha. You could get the gritty mm-hmm. New York with, like, 3 a.m. Like, you got the house music with 12 Disciples. Like, that's my thing. I'm well-rounded as an individual. I never wanted to be one type of artist. I wanted to mm-hmm. show people, like, yo, I could do, not even I could do, I like to do all these things. I want to do all these sounds because mm-hmm. why the fuck not? It's my music. Like, right. who really going to stop me? Honestly, as long as I'm independent, I'm going to do what I want <laughs> I think that that's something people should live by because it's like, especially it really depends on your motive though. Like, mm-hmm. your motive is to like really like skyrocket on some industry things, then you got a different formula you got to follow. But that's your business. Like, right, I, it's a whole different thing. So, would you say, is well, what is that? What is your your motive? What what do you? Where do you want to be? What where do you want to get to? Honestly, like I feel like this is probably gonna change within the next year or two. Like mm-hmm. I. Think I'm an ever-changing, ever-growing person, but I feel like right now where I stand is I want a cult following. Like, that's how I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't know. Like, I was having this conversation with one of my homies yesterday, and I really thought about it. I was like, yo, some of my favorite artists are not people who have, like, club bangers or radio hits, but mm-hmm. they are some of my favorite artists. Like, Earl Sweatshirt is one of my favorite artists. Yeah. I'll never hear an Earl Sweatshirt song in the club unless niggas is remixing East on in yeah. like on EDM type shit. Other than that, like, you know what I'm saying? And that's, and that man, aside from like fame or whatever, like mm-hmm. I really like his following. Like that to me is like a cult kind of following, you know? Got you. Um, I think Tyler's also similar. And Tyler's one of those people to me that's super inspirational because mm-hmm. you really never made songs that was supposed to blow in that sense, in the mainstream or radio sense. And fame. Yeah. They did it, but they did because it's you. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I love that because Tyler and Earl, like, obviously, like, the Odd Future shit, like, those are people who really made it okay for, like, 
people to just make their type of music, like to be right. a little weird, to try things out. Like, and I really appreciate that because as a kid who grew up in that era, that made sense to me. Like to see that and be like, word, like right. I like this. Like y'all weird as hell and y'all really don't care about it. Like y'all, that's <laughs> so it's like, I like that. So I feel like that's where I'm at right now where it's like, I'm interested in my like main goals as like an artist, I guess on like the business side of it is like, I want to expand to other cities. Like I want to do groundwork of getting my music to other cities. Like I want to do this, I want to do that. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, my music, my music, my art, like in a way has always touched people in the way it needs to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like not in the way I, like, I don't, I don't really care about what I want in the, at the end of the day. Cause it's like, right. I feel like intention and then like, like actual perception of something is two different things. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I can intend the music to do one thing, but people are going to, might perceive it a whole different way. Right. So I leave that fully up to like people. I make the music. Mm-hmm. People were going to take it in and consume it how they wish to. I feel like right now where I'm at is like, yo, I'm really just having, like, I'm having fun with it. Like I'm really enjoying the process of like making music, trying things out. Like I told you, I just started working in a studio a few weeks ago. So it's like, now I have the access of being somewhere where I could really just actively try things out if I want to. So mm-hmm. I really like that. That's where I'm at. Like I'm reminding myself like, yo, I know you want to get somewhere. I know you want to get a little notoriety. You want to get a little, like, whatever. But but why are you doing this shit, bro? Because you love to do this. So just continue Mm -hmm. loving to do it. And do it in the way that makes you continue to love it. And that's, like, what I have to remind myself all the time. Mm -hmm. But what does that, um, what does that insist of? Like, doing it, doing it that make you, to make you continue to love it. Like, what does that like, does that mean try different things? Does that mean get as creative as possible? Like, because I, I hear people say that a lot. Like, oh, I want to want to keep doing things until so I can keep loving it. But like, what is what does that mean? Like, I, 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 <laughs> like I tend to say like rappers, like I feel like, well, you know, hear like rappers, like oh, rappers retire. I feel like rappers can't retire because like you love it too much. If you, you have do. a passion for something, you can't retire from it. I mean, respectfully, like, some old heads should really stop rapping but like that's a whole different like story like and trajectory but point is is that and that's the person that was like i give my respect to ogs but anyways um <laughs> like for me <laughs> what i mean by that is like doing it so that i could keep loving it is like doing it in ways where it never i never have to look at it like it's taking something from me like i never want to mm. feel like doing the music is taking not even like time for my life or nothing like that because I'll never see that as like a waste of time but as like seeing it as something that's hindering on me in any way like if it ever does if I'm ever like wearing myself out or burning myself out or doing too much for the sake of my art like that's why I know I need to take a step back because now I'm doing it because I feel like I'm obligated to and not because I love it and it's like being that my art has really saved me from a lot of things in life like Mm -hmm. I owe it the respect for it to be, to continue to be something I love and not something I feel forced to do or something. I feel like, you know, I should put certain strictnesses on. No, like it mm-hmm. should be so free. It should be so flow, like flow, like, because it's mine. It's something that's fully in my control. Mm-hmm. And I gotta always remember that. Like it's my art. It's my creativity. If it's in my control, like that's on me. Like that's, I make my own boundaries with that. There's nobody else to, make that for me especially mm-hmm. again as i said as an independent artist when you're under a label and you're dealing with that shit that's a whole other world yeah that's um, that's you know that's different about it. but like i said as long as right. i can control those aspects of my creativity and my artistry i will 
Mm-hmm. If at one day, one point, you, you know, tables turn and I can't, well, maybe I'll try it out and let them, you know, take the ropes. But that's not right now. That's not where I'm at. And that's not what I'm doing. So it's like, I'm going to control it as much as I can and do it in a way that, again, I can continue to keep loving it. Not nah, got you. Got you. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm actually glad you say that because that's going to bring me to your podcast mm-hmm. and uh you have this um this thing clip pinned oh i don't know why i can't speak but you have this have this post pinned on your instagram and there's three different sides of you talking um on your podcast and one of them uh you say that you have to be passionate about something, something. So that actually wasn't my podcast. That was my friend's podcast. That's your um, friend's podcast. Yeah, that was my friend Richie Price's podcast, Key Convos. Um, but yeah, I did say that. You have a question about that? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I did that uh, <laughs> so when did you realize that um you had that passion for poetry, for music, for podcasting? When did you realize that you had actually when did you realize you had this passion for entertainment? Um, I would say like, again, I would say around middle school, like when I started mm-hmm. the poetry, because it just became something that, again, saved me from a lot. And it just put me in a position to realize like, yo, this is not only something I'm good at, like, it's something I like to do. Like, I, it, you wouldn't think I'm bad with my words because I talk a lot, but mm-hmm. like, sometimes I really am. And because <laughs> of that, like, I feel like writing has helped me with a lot of things. It's helped me express mm-hmm. my own emotions. Um, it's helped me because when I write, I never have to, especially my music or my poetry, like, I never have to write to somebody. Right. Like, I can just write, and it could be as general or as specific as I want it to be, and I never have to worry about how somebody's going to receive it, mm-hmm. because I wrote it for me. Like, I wrote it just for to be written or right. to be said, but I don't necessarily have to care about how somebody's going to perceive it, unlike a conversation where I'm talking to somebody, I got to really think, like, how are you about to perceive the words that come out of my mouth, like, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other thing and layer of situation. Yeah, nah. Right. So I feel like I realized the passion real young and mm-hmm. it just kept going from there. Like it never stopped. Right. And that's a blessing because I, I'm fortunate enough to, to figure out my passions real young as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, but to, to that credit though, I have to also put credit into my parents for just letting me go and explore. But facts. one thing that, not nah, facts, but one thing <laughs> I was looking, um, one thing I like, I always think about like with my parents because my parents are creatives and they uh they're both are musicians as well they both play drums mm-hmm. and my mom always talks about how like sometimes your passion won't pay your bills and sometimes like you yeah sometimes you like her being a single mother she had me when she was 21 her being a single mother her being a new mom and her still trying to chase her dreams it's kind of like like what like at that some point my grandma was looking at her like what are you doing doing? and she was like I don't know at some point like the responsibility takes over and you're in a position where it's like if your things are not working out or taking off like yeah the bill situation comes into play but I don't know with that that goes back to that clip that I was talking about like Mm. I I stand to this very strong right now again as a person who's coming from a place of privilege right Um, I'm not in the like in a situation even like similar to that or similar to some other people I know where it's like you got to do what you got to do but I got people who are very concerned with finances like right now around Mm -hmm. me in my life and it's like that's you know I understand that right but these are people who are also at the same time not really passionate about shit so when you put those two things together you realize like okay listen like as a person who 
my passions may not pay me a dollar or a dime just yet. Like I know that if I had nothing else in this world and I had my passions, at least I wouldn't feel like my world is going to shambles. Mm. At like, yeah, I might be broke. I might be struggling to pay my bills. My light might get shut off, but. But you're working towards something. But at the end of the day, like mentally, like I got some kind of passion about something that's like physically, like, or mentally for real, getting me through something like just getting me through my days. Like I'm not, I'm not broke and real empty headed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not even like empty headed, but broken. Like at the same time, all I can stress about is that like, I could be broke and stressed about like the next tape I got to (laughs) drop and figure out, you know, like, so it's like my head could be occupied with so much. And for some people, especially for some older people that are around us that raised us, that's a pipe dream bro and we chase mm-hmm. dreams, and it's like that's cool that's cool for them to see it that way like that's really beyond me like again people's perceptions of like how i move or how i like operate or how i that's so beyond me i cannot control how people think or see the moves i'm making like you know i know i'm making moves for my betterment like again if in three four five years i'm still in the same place with the music and i'm still making the music like that's right. my business bro like as long as my passion is not like again coming at the expense of me like losing shit like Mm -hmm. again unless that's where you want to go with it it's really up to people bro like i've seen people throw everything away just to dive into the passion you know what i'm saying i've seen people throw it all away like you know give up everything every like everything solid or somewhat solid in front of Mm -hmm. them or you know how many people i know dropped out of school to pursue art like and i i respect them for it bro i didn't and mm. like it wasn't really even a thought for me to do because I wanted to go to school and I wanted to get my degree like that was just me right but like that's the thing bro like so many it's not uncommon like I know so many people that dropped out of school to pursue art I know a lot of people that like literally have moved to new cities like up and left everything here move somewhere new to start something like to just chase their dream and yo if that's what you want to do for it that's what you want to do for it you feel mm. me like everything comes at a different cost and price for somebody. Right. But there are people who be like, oh, no, you got to, no, you don't got to do shit. The formula is not the same for everybody. It never will be. Right. So let's, let's get into, let's, let's get into your podcast. What, what, what is your podcast? What is it about? What do y'all talk about on there? What do y'all be doing? Uh, I, saw some, lingo, I saw, I saw some clips on there and then wow. it looks, it looks entertaining. Looks the lingo yeah me and my co-host omari uh our co our podcast is a chameleon podcast we talk about everything but like mm-hmm. i feel like for the good like main gist and meat of it we interview people as well mm-hmm. uh, but we interview people from like all different uh types of creative backgrounds we've had chefs we've had fashion designers we've had you know like music mm-hmm. artists we've had just people from all walks of life we've had stylists like people coming in and we just really talk to them about was driving their art what I like about our podcast is that really every episode takes a format of its own like mm-hmm. the only thing that's really consistent about our podcast is our intro and our outro and <laughs> everything in the middle like you get some questions that are similar but we really let our, <laughs> our guests take it where they want to go every time somebody comes on set I look at them and I'm like yo this is your episode if you want to start talking about the most writ, that's what we're going to talk about we have questions but if we don't get to them, that's fine with us. Like, we're very go with the flow about the podcast. And I love that. It really gives life to each episode. You really get oh, you get more of the guests than you do of us at certain mm. times. And I love that. And sometimes you really get a lot of us because the guests might not give you much. Like, you know how that go. Like, yeah, not for sure. I get a guest that just might not. That gives you a very blanket answer. And you're kind of for okay, sure. So, and then you got to like, you know, like, for I know sure. what that's like. So 
it really depends but that's really what the the podcast is it's interviews it's sometimes it's just duo episodes where it's just me and him just chatting about shit like mm-hmm. when we have episodes like that we're usually just chatting about like the state of what's going on right now in hip-hop right. and pop culture like that's really what we tap in on but my favorite thing about my show about our show is how we end it is that we ask every guest like what's your favorite lingo from where you're from mm. and that's great because you catch a lot of people off guard so they got to think about damn how much slang do i really use that's right. one two i love it when we get people that aren't from new york because that's where me and him are from right I like it when we get people that's not from here or people that are a little older people that are a little younger because mm-hmm. like, generational gaps but like we've had homies from boston we've had homies from like west coast we've had homies who've spent time in miami so we've gotten lingo from different places and i love that like it, it really shows you just how regional like that shit is and like Nah, we're shit that makes sense somewhere else is literally the dumbest shit ever here, <laughs> so, you know, and vice versa. So it's like, nah, for real, you know, but yeah, nah, yeah, my podcast has been a, a beautiful addition, excuse me, to the creative field of my mm-hmm. life because I was a radio DJ, um, for about a year, and then the radio show that I had at college mm-hmm. turned into our podcast. Gotcha, our podcast used to be just a radio show. Mm-hmm. And then we went on streaming, made it a podcast, and now we're about to kick off season seven. Hey, uh, so we're like real, real life putting in work. So I really like, I like what we do. It's done a lot. It's provided a great platform for people, including ourselves. Season seven, congratulations! That's nothing to that's nothing to underestimate. That's nothing to look down upon. Season that's a huge deal. Thank you. Every time I say that, somebody's like seven, and I'm like, yeah, yeah bro, seven. And and, and, like, and if yeah. anybody that doesn't look and be like seven they don't know they don't know how hard this is for real no like they (laughs) don't don't know at all for sure (laughs) not for real so um you you're in the studio you say you got some things cooking up with some things you got cooking up coming up for the people man let let us know so i guess this is like somewhat an exclusive um but yeah i got a i got my first official like mixtape dropping um most likely early november um i'm very excited yeah it's gonna yep, be yep, really yep. great it's gonna be around like 10 tracks okay um i think it's nice because 10 tracks is not too much Mm-mm. um and i feel like it pivots at such like that i love the album because well the tape because it pivots at such a point that like the last couple songs make you want more but you're not right. gonna get no more mm-hmm. so it's like i really like that i like how it's coming together i feel like it's been a beautiful process. It's fake been like a year in the making at this point. Uh, so I'm very, yeah, it's just been a lot of moving parts and shit. So I'm really happy that that's coming to close and mm-hmm. I'm finally like going to be ready to drop that for everybody. Right. Yeah. So money, we loved having you on the podcast. This I is dope. <laughs> but before you get off, we have to finish this off with your dead or alive. Now, for everybody who's watching the podcast, uh, hello, I'm your host, Eric Curry III. If this is your <laughs> first time watching the Arts Block Podcast, hello. If this is your last time watching the Arts Block Podcast, well, goodbye. But Dead or Alive is a segment on the podcast where the artist on the podcast gets to choose people that they would like to work with that is dead or alive. Now, you okay. can choose 100 artists or you can choose one artist. Please don't choose 100 artists because I still have to edit this podcast. But yes, Dead or Alive is on you. Go ahead. Uh... Okay, let me start with a couple rappers and then let me go a little a couple producers. Mm-hmm. How about that? Okay. Uh Big L. Okay. Oof. I don't okay. think we ever got a big L one. <laughs> Let's start off the gate. Big L. Uh Missy Elliott. Okay. Uh 
Lil' Kim. Oof. I'm also thinking about, like, my musical style and, like, what would be. Right. That's why I'm like, okay. Um, Kendrick. Mm. Definitely. I think that that would be really dope. Um, mm. Hmm. I listen to a lot of artists. That's why I'm, like, really trying to, you know? Okay. You know, I'm really trying to rack my yeah my head top right now. To try to this figure this, out, this is this is the hardest part of the podcast. Yeah, I, think, I feel like me. I feel like <laughs> my guests right now. I really feel like my guests. Like Dave, I feel like I would work with like all of Griselda, like all mm. of them, like Conway, Benny, Westside, Armani, yeah. Rome, like all of them. Yeah, like definitely. Um, I feel like I'll leave it at that for now. There's a lot more for sure, mm. but in terms of like, you know, those are just like a couple key like critical people right. in terms of producers like i would love to work with alchemist i'd love to work Whew. with Holland. Mm. um i love to work with conductor mm. i think crazy shit on like the griselda projects all the time um metro i metro not all heroes where capes is one of my favorite projects because it's so cohesive and i love that project yeah. um you know and those are and i would really work with like Primo, 100%. Oof. Static Selecta. Um, oh, speaking of Static Selecta, I definitely work with Joey. <laughs> That's like <laughs> top tier, critical, like gotta happen, like type shit. Um, but yeah, like those are just a couple off the top of my head. I feel like that I would definitely say those are people I would love to work with. Mm-hmm. The essence would just be perfect. Bro. The vibes would be immaculate. Immaculate, bro. Immaculate. That's all I can say. Well, Money, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, we love having you. And uh, shout out to everybody else who's watched the Arts Block podcast. Uh, thank you for watching. Again, I have been your host, Eric Creator Third. If this is your first time watching, please make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Please make sure you check out everything Money's doing. It's going to be linked in every description and every box and things. So check her out because she's dope. Uh, if you're not following me on Instagram, follow me at Eric Creator Third. Follow the podcast at Arts Block Podcast. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Music, make sure you give me a five Apple Podcast. Make sure you give me a five star and review. If you're listening anywhere else, shout out to you. Remember that artists never die, and I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all, boys. Peace. Peace.